Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. You can see on this map, it's a story that happened in October 2003. A novice hunter went out to hunt in the San Diego area, but became separated from his partner and consequently lost in the mountains. In a moment of desperation, he gathered some sticks and brush together and lit a fire, hoping to signal for help. That's what it started out as. This little fire, however, became the largest wildfire in California's history. Before it was finally contained, the devastating fire blackened more than 280,000 acres of county, which is twice the size of the greater Auckland area, from Pukekohe to Oriwa, two times, destroyed more than 2,800 buildings, including 2,200 homes, and killed 14 people. Look at the devastation. And it's still going. And still going in the video. He was a regular guy that got lost. He was alone, scared, and panic-stricken. And in this state, he thought that it would be a great idea to send smoke signals in the driest months of California. <gasps> he started a fire without the consideration of what the potential damage could be. And little did he know what this one act would do. You can go to the next picture, please. Twenty-two hundred homes and fourteen people were killed because of one small act of desperation. And there is a lesson here. What we do matters. Without knowing this, we and those around us often suffer because we are ignorant of our own significance. We fall prey to the illusion that our lives don't matter, that they have no connection or impact on the world around us. But we do. A look, a smile, a handshake, a comment, these are basic exchanges in life that are visible to all around us. Whether consciously or subconsciously, we exchange either our best or our worst when, with the people we come in contact with. Like the hunter, a cry for help can come from a vulnerable place. And if our actions are misplaced and our life left unchecked, we will cause damage to those around us. Before we make impulsive decisions that can have dire consequences, we need to know that with God there's always another way. He wants you to make purposeful decisions and be a positive role model for those around you. Who you are matters. Regardless of your past, God wants you to know your value and he wants to help set you on a path to becoming a positive influence because you can make a change. Today, I'm going to discuss three areas that you can put on your checklist that will help set you on that path. Number one, the way that you think matters. Does the way we think really matter, though? Can one little thought really make a difference? In the Bible, in Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or, as Henry Ford, the great man who created the car, put it, 
Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Hmm. How do you think? The people around you, how do they think? Are they making a positive influence on you? Do you hang out with the right crowd that has the right mindset and are heading in the right direction? Or do we allow the people that have wrong mindsets to influence us and influence the thoughts in our heads? The things that we're watching, the things that we're hearing, they continue to swirl around in our head and become our thoughts. We need to get into the Word of God because this is the truth and this will cleanse our mind. This will wash us and this will become a sounding board and a standard that we can live according to because it will always bring us life and not death. If our thoughts are allowed to, are allowed to run away with us, they can deceive us and there's no telling what kind of trouble you can end up in. The Bible tells us to take our thoughts captive, to consciously choose what we allow in and what we kick out in Jesus' name. An unchecked thought life might not seem to have too many repercussions now, but just like the man in that fire, or who lit that small fire, it can quickly have devastating consequences. The Bible tells us, again, that we should be washed by the cleansing of his word. And a good way to do this is to follow the instruction in Philippians 4.8, which Arwen actually quoted this morning. It says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Let's set our minds on these things. And I realized the significance of the scripture when I first started walking with the Lord. I used to let my mind run free. I was never taught that our thoughts could make or break us and that they could dictate the path that we end up on. I came out of a place of being in sexual relationships. When I got saved, I made a vow to God that the next person I slept with would be my husband. But I still struggled with my thought life. I had lustful thoughts that triggered emotions which made me want to act on them, and I didn't like it. I wanted to change, so I found the scripture and I clung to it for dear life. It became my sounding board and my new standard, and through meditating on it, I began to think more clearly. In my newfound pursuit of purity, these words started to become my thoughts, which began to replace my worldly views and helped to bring healing into my soul. Repetition, repetition, repetition. A child, I am often in many kids, I love teaching the young ones because they have a childlike faith, they are hungry, and what an amazing time to begin to teach them truth instead of lies, to begin to train their minds in the Word of God. And the way that they learn is simple truths repeated over and over and over. If you find that there's an area that you're struggling with, find a scripture like I did. Like I said, cling to it, write it down. I had a copy in my room, I had a copy I think on my steering wheel, various scriptures with things that I was dealing with. It's a process called sanctification. And when we give our hearts to the Lord, he picks us up from the miry clay and he puts us on a new path. And he doesn't just say, okay then, go on. It's like we don't, I don't, wouldn't just take my child on a path out in the Y-Tax and say, okay, 
Here's the start, see at the end, go for it. No, no, no. The Bible is our manual. It is full of instruction. When we are confused, when we are unsure, when it is something totally new, this is where we can find the answer. It is still relevant today, people. It still has the answers that you need right now for the issues that are happening in your life. Let's get some freedom. And not only that, Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. He will begin to illuminate certain scriptures as we spend time in the Word that can help us, that can change us, that can bring healing to us and freedom. I think for the first few years of my Christian walk, I was at the altar bawling my eyes out <laughs> weekly and time alone as well. Because again, when we come out of a place, this is all new. I thought I was doing all right in life. Had a job, had a family that loved me, all of these things, you know? Successful in my own eyes. Every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. So don't be deceived. We need God's thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. This is our standard. Okay, he gives us, like I said, the Holy Spirit and grace to begin on this pathway. Point number two, the words that you speak matter. What we think becomes what we speak. Just like we've discovered with our thoughts, our words also have power, either positive or negative. The saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is wrong. Words hurt. Anyone who has ever been a victim of verbal abuse can tell you that. Likewise, anyone who has ever had a word of encouragement can tell you that words have the power to lift you up. In Matthew 12, 34, it says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, that's when you are revealed. <laughs> when you open your mouth, you reveal what is hidden on the inside. As you begin to cleanse your thoughts, like I mentioned at the first point, you will also begin to be more aware of the words that roll off of your tongue. <gasps> I can't believe I just said that. Where is that coming from? Oh no. The two are linked. If you can begin to renew your mind, you can cleanse your mouth, which is important because in Matthew 12, 36, Jesus says that with every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it in the day of judgment. Now, I want this word that I'm speaking today to bring life and encouragement, to show us that there is another way, to show us that we don't need to be stuck and bound and continually trip up. You know, it is a process. Again, sanctification, the changing of our lives, becoming holy as God is holy, is a lifelong process. We are never really going to get there <laughs> until we are in heaven. But there's such encouragement, there's such grace to carry on, okay? But we need to know that grace is not cheap. We don't want to treat it as if, oh, it's okay, I can just ask for forgiveness. Oh, that's all right, I can carry on swearing or being careless or getting up to no good with people that are no good, you know? Because Paul said, be all things to all people. Yeah, all things may be permissible, but not all things are right. We are called to be an example. 
And sometimes we need to be like Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror. We need to have a look at ourselves. And what kind of example are we being? I've written here that in my first year of walking with the Lord, again, it's a lot of stories about <laughs> just how much God did in me when I began to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I want to live a different way. Again, it's a choice that we have daily. It's a choice that we have. We can pick up the cross and we can walk daily. We can open the word and we can allow it to change us daily. Or we can carry on as we always have done. The choice is ours. And he has given us that freedom. But yeah, within the first year of walking with the Lord, again, I just became more aware of the words that I spoke. I found that I had a very sarcastic tongue, and although sometimes it would make people laugh, at what expense? You know, what was I really actually trying to say? Was it funny to kind of make fun of people or cut down situations? Or was it coming out of a place where I was insecure and hurt? Luckily, I married into an amazing family who are very liberal with their encouragement and their grace, and it has been such a healing process for me being married to this guy because he won't let me run away and hide. He will hear something, and then he will say, hang on a minute, where did that come from? What happened there? What's really going on? How are you? <gasps> And you know what? That's what God wants from us too. He wants us to be vulnerable. We don't need to be scared children any longer. He knows already what we're going through. He already knows where he's taking us. He knows the answer. He knows the problem. And he wants to be in the midst of it. And like the prophetic words today, he is there to catch us. Okay? There should be no fear in our relationship with God. And if there is, then we need to, you need to explore that. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, to their, up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Gossiping, slandering, mocking, anything that you have to whisper, you probably shouldn't say. The enemy loves to stir up trouble in the shadows. And I think this is quite an interesting time we're growing up in with the internet, with social media, where people almost feel like it is their right to say whatever they think, regardless of the impact. Is that really our right? Are we really leading by example? We need to be mindful, guys of the choices that we make, of the words that we speak, the words that we write. They can have big consequences. Like we said, words can either destroy or bring life. How do you want to use that power? The third thing that I want to talk about today your thoughts became words, and your words become actions. And they matter. Several years ago, a preacher from out of state accepted a call to a church in Houston, Texas. Some weeks after he arrived, he had an occasion to ride the bus from his home to the downtown area. 
When he sat down, he discovered that the driver had accidentally given him a quarter too much. A quarter is 25 cents, <laughs> for those that don't know. As he considered what to do, he thought to himself, you'd better give the quarter back. It would be wrong to keep it. Then he thought, oh, forget it, it's only a quarter. Who would worry about this little amount? Anyway, the best company gets too much fare. They will never miss it. Accept it as a gift from God and keep quiet. How many have ever done that, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh, money on the road, yeah! <laughs> Let me just cut into this story just to share another story. I was blown away because it feels like people are so selfish these days. They won't even open the door to help you. They won't even, I don't know. It might just be me, but I feel like more and more we're losing kind of the values and morality and the good things, you know? I had a $10 note in my pocket, in the jacket pocket, while I dropped my girls off at school and I went in to do some PTA stuff at the school. I'm the chairman of the PTA of Funuapai School and was going in to do a few things. So anyway, I'd been to the class, I'd been to the office, I'd been a few places and then got back to the car and I needed this $10 note for my son's kindy. And so when I reached in my pocket, I realized it wasn't there. And I called the school up, the school receptionist, and I said, Sarah, I know this is a long shot, but a $10 note has fallen out of my pocket somewhere, I'm guessing, in the school grounds. If you happen to find it, just let me know. Absolutely thinking the person that found it would be thinking, yeah, blessed from God, <laughs> you know? And within about 10 minutes, I get a phone call from her saying somebody found it in the car park. They brought it into the office and did that. And I thought, wow, that restores my faith in people. That's amazing. And it's something that a couple of weeks ago found a dollar coin or $2 coin on the ground. Ben found it, my son. Oh, Mama, look, treasure. And I said, that's great, Ben, but we need to give it back. It was in kind of a, a play area. And I said, he really didn't want to. He wanted to hold on to his treasure, and that is exciting to find hidden treasure. <laughs> However, if it belongs to someone else. <laughs> and I thought, this is an opportunity to teach about doing what is right, especially when it's painful. And so I brought him along, and he was kind of mm, struggling. And I said, oh, it was at the library. That's right, when we were checking books out. And he hands it. I said, show the lady what you found. And he puts the coin on the counter, kind of reluctantly. And she says, well done. Thank you so much. The person that lost this will be so excited. And he kind of got a smile. And we were just praising him for his good efforts and his good choice. And then he got a reward. She said, I've got some stickers and some stamps. Do you want to come and choose some? So he bounded out of there as happy as can be. And I thought, you know, it's never too young to teach the right thing to do. And it's important. <laughs> and like we know with children, again, these lessons, as I was preparing this, I thought daily, you know, I'm trying to teach my children. Their thoughts matter. We're dealing with the attitudes of our kids in the hope, oh Lord, please help us, that one day the penny will drop. Because <laughs> you feel like you just don't see it. All the parents said amen. <laughs> you know, that their words matter. Why do you say that to your brother? What if we speak that way to you? How will it make you feel? 
You know, you don't use those words. In talking about words, sorry, I'm going off trail a little bit. But in talking about the words, <laughs> there have been times where I have literally taken the bar of soap, old school styles, you know, <laughs> put it in my girl's mouth because I said, those are dirty words coming out of your mouth. And it's not, you know, at their level, it's bad enough. And I figure if we can get this lesson in early and it's a little bit of pain and yeah. distaste where they remember, well then hopefully they carry it through life. <laughs> you know, the next day they've forgotten. But I have started to threaten that the bar of soap is going to come out again soon. <laughs> because that's exactly it. We let it go. And we let it go. And we let it go. And we think it'll be alright. But you know, like a doggy on that leash that zips out. Sometimes you got to pull it back in. We need to rein ourselves in. You know, we need to be anchored to the Word of God so that He can rein us in. And we need to be willing, instead of, again, reluctantly, uh, uh, the dog is out there choking to death. <laughs> because the, the owner must see something that is going to get him in danger or gobbled up by a bigger dog. You know, we need to trust the one that has us on a leash. It's not control. You understand where I'm going. <laughs> so anyway, what you do matters. Let me finish this story. So this man is on a bus. I heard this story a few years ago, and it is one that, ooh, I need to remember this. He's on the bus. He is contemplating, what do I do with this quarter? This 25 cents. Like my kids, do I pocket it and go to the lolly shop? <laughs> do I, you know, sitting there, trying to decide. When his stop came, he paused momentarily at the door, and then he handed the quarter to the driver and said, here, you gave me too much change. The driver, with a smile, replied, aren't you the new preacher in town? I've been thinking a lot lately about going somewhere to worship. I just wanted to see what you would do if I gave you too much change. <laughs> I'll see you at church on Sunday. <gasps> oh, let the conviction of the Lord fall on you. <laughs> when the preacher stepped off the bus, he literally grabbed the nearest light pole, held on and said, Oh God, I almost sold your son for a quarter. Wow, guys. There is grace, but there is also responsibility. Okay? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, it talks about, again, sanctification. It talks about our action. It talks about our responsibility. You know, God has given us a second chance. He understands we're human, and he empathizes with that. But like a child that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're not actually sorry. <laughs> Those are cheap words. If you were really sorry, if you were really repentant, then change would come. And that's the place that we need to get to because your life matters. What you do matters. Our lives are the only Bible some people will ever read. Matthew 25 verse 40 says, Truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. From the smallest quarter. Goodness. Everything we do matters. Let's be mindful. Let's live a purposeful life. Let me skip through some of this. I'm thinking here. Don't do as I say, or don't do as I do, do as I say. Well, 
<laughs> we all know that works, huh? <laughs> like I said. I'm sure most of us have had an example which is unfortunate of people, churched people, or religious people, in our lives where their words and their actions haven't lined up. And that is detrimental to what Jesus did. We need to be authentic people. We need to show good character. Are we punctual? Do we communicate professionally? If we're not going to be there, something's gone on. Are we diligent? Do we show respect? Let's stop making excuses for our poor behavior and begin to take responsibility and be accountable. Let's make a change if there is one that's needed. I know someone that, my goodness, struggles with texting a simple response. A good friend of mine drives me bonkers because it doesn't show me value. And I know that she loves me greatly and struggles in this, and we've talked about it. And she was in tears and said, yes, the Holy Spirit has been telling me that I need to be better at this and more diligent. You know, the Holy Spirit is telling us <laughs> these things. And because the rest of the world does it, you know, that's all right. No, it shouldn't be. And if it is, then there's a bad attitude in there as well that needs to be uprooted. Let's get rid of the weeds. Because we're never going to become anything great. Let me share one more story. Sorry, guys. This is just... These topics, each one can be preached for years and years and years. You know, the power of our thoughts, the power of our words, the power of our actions. And it's basically Jesus saying, I love all of you. All of you matters. And I'm here, and I want to help, and I want to make you become the best version of you that you can be. Regardless of your past, we can work on that. That's fine. We can work on the words that have been spoken over you or the things that you have said that you regret. The experiences, all of this stuff, you know, we can work on that. And I really want to refine you and polish you and make you the most shining diamond that you were created to be because that gives me glory. And like we said, sometimes we're the only Bible that some people will ever read. There's a story that Joyce Myers shares. I heard it on Radio Rima. And she was talking about wanting to be used by God. But she was frustrated. And every time she went to the grocery store, sorry, I'll speak my Canadian terms, grocery store, <laughs> um, instead of putting the trolley after she finished walking the extra minute to put it away properly, she just kind of put it where the other ones were lumped and get in the car. And God would say, put it away where it belongs. <laughs> Scoff. It's not a big deal. Everybody else is doing it. Carry on. Next time. Put it away where it belongs. Oh, but it's raining out. I just really want to get in my car. I've got frozen things that I need to get back. Next time. Put it away where it belongs. Do it properly. Go the extra mile. 
she said it took her like two years before she was finally obedient. <laughs> ah, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you feel like you are doing nothing for the Lord or if you are Joyce Meyer, mega ministry, mega church, speaking, influenced all around the world. God is still dealing with our stuff. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? I felt good. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I, I have been making an effort the last few years, even before I heard that message, <laughs> to go the extra mile and put it away. I just parked somewhere where my car is covered <laughs> in case it rains. But I thought, you know, these little things, these little foxes that spoil the vines, we do not want them to eat our vineyard that we are busy working so hard on. And God's saying, look what's behind you. Look what's eating the fruit over there. That fire, ooh, beautiful. That fire, my goodness, that poor man. He ended up getting something like a jail sentence for 10 years, you know, and it was tragic because it's, obviously you're in a state of desperation. You know, I'm using it only as an example. I'm not using it con to condemn the poor man because I'm sure that the regret of what he did and the way he went about it will be with him. You know, but just understanding the importance if we can catch our thoughts, if we can bite our tongue, if we can begin to do the right thing, wow, how glorious would this world become if we had more people that were returning the $10 notes. Do you know that the world is looking for that? The world is a dark place. And there's a lot of hopelessness and depression. You look at the suicide rates. Like I said, social media and the bullying. And I have moments where I am scared for my children and thinking, my goodness, I need to deposit as much good and, and God into my kids to prepare them and equip them before they go out <laughs> into this world because I don't know who they're going to come in contact with. I wish there were more people. You know, I'm, I think I've never been approached on the road by someone wanting to share the gospel with me. And that makes me sad. I'm like, where is everybody? You know? What happened? What's going on? What are we doing as Christians? The opportunities that we have to do good and to do right and to be a shining example. And you know, we... We we'll, may see the fruit of our behavior and our actions here on earth, and we may not. And that's okay, because we'll see it in heaven. And that's where it counts. You know, we are not doing this for the praises of men. Because as we heard about words, it can be deceiving. One minute you're flattering, the next minute you're speaking about him behind his back. You know, talk is... Talk is cheap in that sense. So we really want the praises of God. We want that affirmation. We want, you know, I bet you Joyce Myers, when she finally pushed that trolley <laughs> and put it where she belonged, you know, she would have felt the father finally sighing, like a sigh of relief. <sighs> it's like when your child, they finally do the right thing. My kids were having snacks up here during worship. I brought some bananas and uh, Danielle opened hers and there was a bruise in it. She started crying. <laughs> you understand. <laughs> 
this is the end of the world, right? There's a bruise on my vendetta. I always tell them, you have a bruise on your leg. I don't throw you out, you know? <laughs> but anyway, I try and teach them, eat around it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and so there was, Ben had his banana, Madeline, there was one extra banana. And she said, but I'm really hungry. I said, well, you can maybe ask Madeline. And so she asked Madeline, Madeline, can I have your banana? Madeline thought for a minute, and then she goes, yes. And I said, yes, good girl. Oh, hallelujah. Because you know what? To be honest, a half an hour ago, at our home, the girls putting shoes on, <laughs> Danielle, the girls, they've got these sparkly little shoes. You know, they're totally, the toes have poked through. They really need to go in the bin. But they just love them. And Danielle really wanted to put hers on, but she couldn't find one. So she had one sparkly shoe. Meanwhile, Madeline's set of sparkly shoes, I have to label everything, because, you know, twins, they want it all the same, was sitting next to it. So she wants to put Madeline's shoes on. Madeline was adamant that, no, they are my shoes. You cannot wear them. Danielle is crying. I'm freaking out because I'm preaching to them. I'm like, really, guys? This is not what I need right now. I do not want to be lit. I do not want to be thinking about your little issues. I'm just getting real here, you know? <laughs> what really goes on? And um, <laughs> so then Madeline comes to a compromise and says, well, she can wear my jandals and I'll wear my sparkly shoes. She didn't want to wear her sparkly shoes, right? But she just didn't want her sister to wear them. So, okay, they're happy enough. They finally get in the car. I'm like, okay, okay, is everybody okay? So it comes to this banana dilemma. And, you know, it's this opportunity again. Because we're like saying, and Madeline, no, that is a poor attitude. I'm sad that that's what you decided to say and decided to do. Because you had a choice to really help your sister <laughs> and your mother. <laughs> so we get here, and you know, she made the right choice. She gave her the banana. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Long may that last. And that's, I know, I know. Oh my gosh. And you know, it's like it seems so simple and it seems so ridiculous, but as a parent, I was overjoyed that she chose to do the right thing. I had seen her half an hour ago totally doing the wrong thing and causing havoc. And the peace that comes from choosing right. What we do matters. This is a day of storytelling, guys. You know, Jesus walked on this earth for a mere 33 years. And in that time, he made the most of the opportunities that were set up before him. His thoughts lined up with the word of God. He spoke words of life over everybody he met. And through his actions, he changed the world. He knew that he mattered. It's not in a boastful way. But you know what true confidence is? Agreeing with God. Okay? Don't be arrogant. That's not a good example. That is very off-putting. <laughs> let us be humble, but let us be confident. My husband shared this story with me. I'll finish on this. Um, there's moments, I think, especially in writing this, in beginning to study more and more, and just obviously it's, it's in my mind, these scriptures going around, and this opportunity to say the right thing, and to hope that my life lines up with it, and you know, to make a good choice, and to, to share something with you guys that is of value. 
And as I, everywhere, when I'm driving around, picking the kids up, doing this, doing that, it's all going in my head. And sometimes I can feel so overwhelmed. And you know, sometimes life can feel overwhelming. And, and like that man lost, we can feel so insignificant. You know, one drop in the bucket. And Freddie once shared the story with me when I was feeling that way. She said, I feel like, what can I do? Like, it's just impossible, you know? This world and decisions, the silly decisions people are making in our family, our friends. <sighs> Will my words really matter? Will what I do really make an impact on my family that's unsaved in Canada? You know, will they see that something's different? I don't know. Oh. And he shared this story. It's called the Star Thrower. It says, once upon a time, there was an old man who used to go to the ocean to do his writing. He had a habit of walking on the beach every morning before he began his work. Early one morning, he was walking along the shore after a big storm had passed and found the vast beach littered with starfish as far as the eye could see, stretching in both directions. Off in the distance, the old man noticed a small boy approaching. As the boy walked, he paused every so often, and as he grew closer, the man could see that he was occasionally bending down to pick up an object and throw it into the sea. The boy came closer still, and the man called out, Good morning! May I ask what it is that you are doing? The young boy paused, looked up, and replied, Throwing starfish into the ocean. The tide has washed them up onto the beach, and they can't return to the sea by themselves, the youth replied. When the sun gets high, they will die unless I throw them back into the water. The old man replied, But there must be tens of thousands of starfish on this beach. I'm afraid you won't really be able to make much of a difference. The boy bent down, picked up yet another starfish, and threw it in as far as he could into the ocean. Then he turned, smiled, and said, It made a difference to that one. to believe that you matter, that who you are, what you think, what you say, and what you do really makes a difference in this world, then you can help the person next to you believe that as well. Don't underestimate your influence. We may not see the fruit of it, like I said, until we reach heaven, and that's okay. Let's allow God to refine our thoughts, our words, and our actions so that we can shine in this dark world. All that you need is a willing heart to partner with Christ, and he will begin to do the work in you.